0: Oh my gosh, this is like episode three.
1: It is episode three.
0: I'm so thrilled.
1: Yay!
0: I'm Jeff Gross.
1: And I'm Laura Licona.
0: We are host of our podcast.
1: Queen's Best. The podcast.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Shout out to our global audience.
1: Isn't that incredible? People
0: are listening to us. <laughs> Canada and Mexico, Spain.
1: And my favorite, Botswana.
0: But, but so- <laughs> I mean, kudos, because you're listening from Botswana, but That's I'm incredible. like, who, who would have thought?
1: I did not think.
0: Or some people would say who would have thunk yeah. that Botswana would be listening to little us here in Queens, New York. Pretty incredible. But it's the world's borough, That's so right. it only makes sense. It makes total sense. And not to leave out Vietnam, because Vietnam is listening as well. Wow. And we capture this data because you are listening to us, <laughs> and we, oh, this is... It's pretty exciting. I am so geeked and excited that while wow, I'm busting out this
1: Yeah, interview. I wish our listeners could see how excited you are.
0: At some point, <laughs> they'll be able to see our excitement. Ooh. Ooh, is that a tease? Maybe. I think that's a tease for things to come. Oh, my gosh. So last episode, oh, we covered quite a bit, and then you guys were listening, and we're thrilled. We talked about our August issue of This is Queensboro Magazine, which was amazing that you played a Huge role in.
1: I was really happy to play a part in that. It came out spectacularly, and everyone's very excited.
0: Cuisines of Queens. And then we talked about our early childhood memories, butchering animals.
1: Yes, and not letting the peas and mashed potatoes (laughs) touch.
0: (laughs) And the OG Nears Tavern Restaurant. And then, of course, who can forget...
1: The our food the
0: choice, the that's chicha- right. well, The chicharrones? That's right. They were delicious. Arepas.
1: arepas. Chicharron arepas, yeah, from the arepa lady. Absolutely wonderful.
0: So this time we have more wonderful information to share with you. We're going to talk about out in the community. We're going to talk about our go-to favorite foods, walking tours in Queens, and, of course, It wouldn't be Queen's Best, the podcast, unless we were eating something.
1: That's right. Talking with food in our mouth.
0: Uh, You know it. And?
1: Yep. So our listeners can tune in anytime to listen wherever you get your podcast. We're on Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, the Podbean app, Player FM, and Samsung. And we're coming soon to Apple Podcasts.
0: I cannot wait until we arrive on Apple. That's... Gonna blow us. Out. Who knows? By then, we'll have like a hundred countries listen to
1: us. That's exactly right. And Jeff, we're on another social media outlet as we well.
0: Are I'm so excited. We're Instagram now. You can find us on Instagram at Queen's Best Duh Podcast. There's a reason why it's Duh and not The. Yeah. Because The didn't pop up when I was adding the name, so it's Duh Queen's Best Duh Podcast, and it gives you. A visual, because food is visual. That's right. When you're eating, you have to like see the food, aside from smelling it, see it. So the podcast enables you to actually see the food that we have eaten, will eat, and foods from around Queens. We have contributors. And photos
1: on location. That's right.
0: Gosh, such delicious food that we've sampled and you too can test out and try. Good stuff. Good stuff. QCC, Queen's Chamber of Commerce. Because people are probably wondering, what is QCC? It stands for Queen's Chamber of Commerce. And we do so much here at Queen's Chamber, but we're boots on the ground. And we have an amazing outreach team that goes out into the community on a regular basis. I want to say, I would say 365 days a year, but they're not out 365 days. That's stretching it a bit. But they're out in the community. Yes. Making a difference with our businesses. Those, the team is led by Jackie Donato, who is a strategic program or partners manager, and George.
1: Haji Constantinou, who used to be on my SBR team, and now he's on the internal team.
0: He is, and they're such wonderful people. Jackie has been with the Chamber, I want to say 12 plus years, yeah. and knows every nook and cranny in the Queens area. She is a walking resource. She's a walking
1: Google. Yeah, it's incredible.
0: And the work that they do. I mean, it's so the the outreach team, they knock on doors and they touch base with small business owners and entrepreneurs and talk about the services they provide, we provide here at the Chamber. And they leave no stone unturned. Yeah, They're absolutely. like the I've, best resource.
1: I've been out on the street with George doing the joint outreach and going into businesses, and he's just incredible at it.
0: And the other team that we have, aside from the outreach team that we have that you're a part of, is the...
1: SBRN.
0: And what does that stand for?
1: It's the Small Business Resource Network. So and basically, we have a database filled with resources, and we go door-to-door meeting businesses and we talk to them about what their needs are and then connect them with the appropriate resource, anywhere from legal advice to marketing, um, and then for me, particularly as a restaurant specialist, helping out with any restaurant needs.
0: And that has been a huge benefit for small businesses in the Queens community.
1: It's really having a tangible impact.
0: Now, the, the work that Michelle on the team has done Share a little bit about that.
1: Ah, oh, gosh, we it could take all day to talk about Michelle and her incredible work um, leading the tech team. You know, she's done the open and online and creating so many websites, branding logos, um, anything that uh, a business needs on the tech side. And now they're doing this new exciting thing, right? Yes. What is it?
0: It is the tech incubator, Queens
1: Tech Incubator.
0: So Queens Chamber created what's known as the queen's tech council and the tech council was birthed out of a number of things. Tom, our president was sharing at an event we had a couple of days ago about what could have been Amazon here. And as we all know, could have been a headquarter for Amazon when it didn't happen. They didn't step away completely. They are still players in the area and they are a part of this queen's tech council. And the work that they are doing is amazing. However, they are accepting applications for Queens Tech Council.
1: That's exactly right. So you can apply to have a spot at the tech incubator and have um, a space in there to do your work.
0: So uh, for those who aren't aware, what exactly is a tech incubator? What does that look like?
1: It's for tech companies who are interested in having a shared office space.
0: Okay. So it is like a, it's like basically a tech WeWork. Kind of. And it's located in the Greater Jamaica Development Corporation?
1: That's right. It's at the Greater Nexus in Jamaica. Um, And that's going to be the first space. And then there are plans to open more incubators in the Rockaways, Forest Hills, Long Island City, and Flushing, for um, people all over the borough to be able to participate.
0: So those individuals, if you're interested in this, you can certainly log on to queenschamber.org. Click on, it's on the landing page. So When you go to the landing page of queenschamber.org, the tab farthest to the right is Queens Tech Incubator. Click on that, scroll down, and there is a link that will take you to the application and you can actually apply to be a part of this Queens Tech Incubator. If you're in the tech space, I mean, it's it's an opportunity for you.
1: It's amazing. It's a really good opportunity. And the companies that are chosen will have access to complimentary office space, mentorship opportunities from existing tech council members, and also resources provided by our SBRN team.
0: The t- boots on the ground. Yep. That's it's, it's what Queens Chamber does. So if you're ever in doubt... And if you ever needed resources and services for your small business or your business, it doesn't have to be small because Queens Chamber members are not just small, but they're also major corporates and corporate entities as well. But it's all at queenschamber.org. Such good stuff. Tis the season for one of my... Favorite flavors.
1: I was waiting to see if it was one of your favorites.
0: Oh, my gosh. Pumpkin spice everything. Yeah. A couple of years ago, my colleagues posted a, well, not posted, but they put a little sign on the wall that says pumpkin spice anything, everything. I love it. But what <laughs> I don't understand is, okay, so pumpkin, I think pumpkin, I think fall. Sure. Naturally, I would think November. October, November. October, yeah. But the pumpkins pop up in like mid-August and it's gone by the end of September. What is that about?
1: I don't know. Maybe it's some kind of a marketing thing. (laughs) They're they're making their own season for it to get ahead of the game.
0: Think about it. Here we are, early September and pumpkin is everywhere. There's pumpkin, there's cookies that are pumpkin. Oreo has pumpkin cookies. There's pumpkin lattes lattes
1: that's the big one that comes to mind
0: are you a pumpkin fan
1: i i am a squash and pumpkin fan um in savory dishes but i don't usually participate in the pumpkin spice craze in the early fall no
0: i (laughs) love it so for this for the duration of the month of september i am in pumpkin spice heaven because everything pump the pancakes the beverages There are other things that I can't remember right now, but (laughs) pumpkin, anything. So since you are the food anthologist, I'm going to pick your brain on squash and pumpkin. I know the flavors are similar, but what is the difference between, I know there's a difference between a a squash and a pumpkin, but flavor wise.
1: Right. So it all really depends on how you decide to cook it and what you decide to do with it. Um, I'm not f- pumpkins pretty versatile and I'm not sure why it originally was chosen for pumpkin pie and to sort of be the symbol of, you know, the Thanksgiving dinner and and fall, but there are so many varieties of squash. It's not even funny. And a lot of what I really like is um drying some of them and having gourds on the table that you don't eat. Oh yeah. But yeah. I think that pumpkin is a really good receptor for the pumpkin pie spices that we like, yes. nutmeg, ginger, yeah. cinnamon. So maybe but that's why it was chosen.
0: But they taste, they're similar in taste. Squash, in my it opinion. It is a squash. Ah, yeah. but it got it. So it's, it stepped out. It it was.
1: It was chosen. Okay. It, yeah. It was deemed the symbol somehow. It could have been a, a different kind of, squ- an acorn squash could have been chosen instead. They're pretty similar so in texture and flavor.
0: So pumpkin is like. The Beyonce of the squashes.
1: Yeah, and I think also it got a lot of cachet from um, like the Charlie Brown
0: specials (laughs) and the big
1: pumpkin patches, and you can grow them really big for the state fair. It's just the chosen, the chosen squash.
0: The chosen, chosen squash. (laughs) That's a mouthful. So, what is your go-to food if, say, you're somewhere, you're out and about, and you have you have this go-to food or you're visiting an area and you have a go-to food what is your go-to food
1: it's such a loaded question there's so many different ways to answer that because even on the subway yesterday I saw this guy's fresh baguette and I Mm. looked at my friend and said I I could steal that out of his bag just Mm. run (laughs) Mm. I love baguette um and those anything that's fresh like that if we're if we're going to go out to eat Probably if, if you can find a really good taco, that mm. always makes me happy. I'm a big I'm a big fan of good tacos. We had uh, an experience in the village recently with not so good tacos, but they had an old jazz jam band mm-hmm. where people were getting up and singing. So the vibe was so good that almost made the tacos good.
0: <laughs> so good vibes <laughs> will improve a bad taco anytime. So
1: that's right. And the other day I was thinking if I could take um, – like uh, if I could just transplant myself anywhere, mm-hmm. I'd go to Las Cruces, New Mexico, and I would get a red chili potato stuffed pia from Roberto's, and that would be, I mean, that's all I could think about that day, but you, you can't, you have to make that yourself here. I haven't found pias in New York yet. Oh my gosh,
0: that sounds <laughs> delicious. So taco for you.
1: I'm such a Mexican food girl. That's just how I grew up.
0: So what's a good taco and a bad taco?
1: Oh, gosh, the consistency of the tortilla, like did your grandma just make the tortillas? That makes a huge difference. And then how, you know, how do you braise your meat? What are the ingredients on the inside? And do you have a really killer salsa? Salsas are, it's really important to find a good salsa and it's, it's hard to find.
0: So it's the meat, it's the salsa. What about the shell?
1: Yeah, the tortilla, like, the tortilla, like who made it? Where'd you get it? How long's it been sitting around? The Fresh is the best.
0: Fresh is the best. (laughs) That's a a tag. That's a fresh is the best. But tacos have evolved over time. I mean, back in the day, back in the day, (laughs) tacos were meat and cheese and salsa. But now it's like fish tacos and chicken tacos and lobster tacos. And it's anything as a taco now.
1: And fusion tacos all over the place. Korean-Mexican fusion the other day, I saw um, Indian taco fusion.
0: So tacos would be one of the most diverse foods, you think?
1: That's, yeah. I
0: mean, if you think about it, like given the, the various meats that you can add to it?
1: I would, I would make that category a little bigger and say any sort of street food that you could hold in your hand and walk with is ah. pretty versatile. And that the taco would be one of them.
0: So you've hit the mother load with your go-to favorite. (laughs) Although my go-to favorite, when I used to visit New York years and years and years ago, because I lived in D.C. for a number of years, originally from Missouri, cheesecake has always been my go-to. So when I would visit New York, I always made it a point to have a slice of cheesecake before I returned back to D.C. It's still a go-to love cheesecake. Pumpkin cheesecake is by far my favorite, but the ultimate, ultimate cheesecake, sweet potato cheesecake. Hmm. And I had a colleague many, many years ago, her sister bakes and it was around the holidays and she said, my sister's baking, who wants to purchase something? She said, I'll take a cheesecake, but I want a sweet potato cheesecake. She said, we can do it. Apparently you replace the pumpkin ingredient with sweet potato makes sense and it's, it's delicious my mom even tried it loved it so I purchased this cheesecake that she made for me she put it in a box that was traveling from DC back to Missouri for the holidays now mind you this cheesecake is in a box closed up with a little handle I carried this package from the office home never opened it from home I carried it on the plane From the plane I carried it to my mom's, never opened it. It could have been anything in this box. I didn't open it until I got to my mom's, opened the box, and there was this delicious sweet potato cheesecake. Thank goodness. It could have been (laughs) anything. I mean, I I don't know why I didn't think to open the box prior to, but I'm like, I'm trusting that this delicious sweet potato cheesecake. So if you've never experienced sweet potato cheesecake by far it is the best of all the cheesecakes out there in the land. Wow. In my opinion. That
1: sounds delicious.
0: But hey, you know, it's it's what we do. And what we really do is we eat. Yes. And therefore, I think we need to make that happen. All right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: If it came out of culinary school because you have to wear spoons in your pocket, mm-hmm. tasting spoons. You have mm-hmm. to always carry around like twenty p- spoons because you're constantly tasting. Um, but I think it started before then. But I eat everything with a spoon. I didn't like a fork. A fork seemed a little dangerous, <laughs> even though I, I use knives. Because I don't. <laughs> it's just a personal thing. So I would either eat with my hands or with a spoon.
0: Food, uh, not food. Duh. A spoon makes sense. I eat rice with a spoon. Because you can with the spoon you can get everything. Yeah. Versus with the fork, it falls between the crevices of the fork.
1: Right. Plus, if there's a really good sauce on the plate, it's kind of hard to get it all with the fork.
0: So the spoon is essential. <laughs> I love it. So well. Walking tours. Such a thing. It is. And w- what is all that about? It's it's walking food tours, if you will.
1: Right. So, obviously, we have so much material to use and to cover in Queens with all of the restaurants that we have, so it's difficult for those of us who live here even to know where to go um, to eat, and a lot of um, food tours have popped up to help people find these food locations, so... You can come from anywhere in the world or you can come from your neighborhood and you can join one of the food tours and go business to business and taste something at maybe four or five different restaurants along the way.
0: So it's like a pub crawl because there's the bar crawls where people like go from bar to bar to bar drinking. So it's a like a food crawl. It
1: is like a food crawl. And there is even one group. I think it's a family who leads these and they do call it a food crawl. Um, But the food guru who is sort of the best known for this is Joe DiStefano mm. and he's a wonderful guy friend of mine who um, takes people all around to and he knows the owners and the ins and outs of a lot of these restaurants and you can jump on a tour with him and go around um, and another one that I find extraordinary is by culinary backstreets, um, and they have uh, people come from all over the world. A lot of people from Asia and from Australia and from Latin America who will come and join one of their food
0: tours. And so a food tour, essentially, of course, you're moving from restaurant to restaurant. You've experienced one, I take it. Yes. So what happens if I'm a novice and I've never gone on a food tour? What should I expect on a food tour?
1: You will meet up with your group You'll, you know, be introduced to your guide who is an absolute expert Mm -hmm. in the area. And then you'll have um, an itinerary of maybe five or six places. And you as a group will go and stop at each place on the itinerary and have either the specialty or or something that's chosen and um, experience that place and then move on with your group to the next one.
0: And typically, is there a set number of restaurants that you visit or is it? Limited to
1: yeah, it depends on the itinerary. You can just you know decide which one you want to go on. If you want to do a half day, if you want to do four or five places, or something more.
0: And the food tours. I mean, you can I, really only eat so much. And if you're <laughs> d- small plates, of course. I yeah, mean, I don't know. <laughs> you can't like have an entire meal at one restaurant, move to the next place, and have an entire meal at the next restaurant. So it's maybe
1: keep some space for yeah,
0: like food samples. Yeah, like chopped. That's a whole other story. (laughs) Uh, It sounds exciting. I've never experienced that.
1: It's fantastic. It's something worth doing. And um, I was also surprised um, with Culinary Backstreets, how many people just from Manhattan have to come over to Queens and take the tour because it's not that easy to navigate by yourself to find, you know, the really good food. It can be daunting. There's a lot.
0: I'm sure it (laughs) can. Are these... Are they afternoon? Are they evening? Is it various times of the day? It just
1: depends because you can also create your own group with some of these people. But if you look online and you look for food tours or food crawl, you'll find the people who are leading those.
0: Ah, uh, the food crawl. I'm going to yes. have to get people into. People,
1: they're very, very, very into their food in the community of Queens.
0: And we are going to get into something right now. We
1: are. Are we are going to? We are on a French path, a French pastry path right now, because um, another thing that I really like to look at is all of the uh, Facebook food groups mm-hmm. because they are people are very serious about it. And there's Eat Something New in Queens. There's a group called Eating in Translation. And on these Facebook food groups, um, people constantly shout out Canel Patisserie because Ooh. their French pastries are so good. Mm. So we, today we have a couple of classics. A feuille, which means million layers, tons of layers. Okay. And then just a really classic eclair because it's always nice to test like the basics and see how good <laughs> the French patisserie is.
0: So the mille is yes. how you pronounce it? Yep. It looks like tiramisu. Does it a little bit? All right. Cause you're gonna because
1: y- it has all the layers, right?
0: You're gonna use a f- you're gonna use a, f- a knife and not a spoon for this one. Oh,
1: okay. try it! Try it with the plastic fork. It's a little hard. We'll see if you can get into that. Oh, that's oh, because it has the hard layers it and does then it have has the cream layer. in between.
0: Now <laughs> we're s- we're sampling this. This is a first for me, and it looks really good. Lada mm. has already had her first bite. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to
1: taste like pastry cream with wafer.
0: It looks like pastry cream with a wafer. Delicious. Now, this, the image of this will appear on our Instagram so you can actually see this.
1: That's right. And um, there are several locations of Canal Patisserie. One is right here in Jackson Heights. But there also is a really good one in East Elmhurst. And I believe at least one or two more throughout the community.
0: And I took a really huge bite of this.
1: Okay, and what do you think?
0: It's so good. My mouth is full.
1: Oh. <laughs> and I
0: was thinking, okay, I'm going to have to swallow this and hopefully not choke and you'll have to call 911 to get me off the floor. And the other that we're having is?
1: It's a chocolate éclair. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the basics that you learn in culinary school and your pastry French pastry class is how to make pot de choux and make the choux dough and then this one has chocolate cream on the inside instead of, of pastry cream.
0: Of the two, which would be the most which is the most difficult to prepare in culinary
1: school? Oh, this one we wouldn't even prepare in culinary school cuz it takes a lot more steps and a lot more technique the milfui, but an eclair you can make it home
0: this is the first eclair i've ever had with chocolate
1: mm. it's and delicious it's good it's a lot but it's good
0: that's definite
1: so just another great business in queens to support and have delicious pastry they have sandwiches too
0: what kind of sandwiches
1: all kinds of french sandwiches oh my gosh so these came from the Canal partic- Patisserie that is located right near the office in Jackson Heights. And the other one that I've been to is in East Elmhurst. And there are more,
0: and I don't know where. Well, but definitely good. Delicious. Yeah. So good. So good. So I think this fills our plate. Amazing. For this round, this was really, really good. Yeah. Enjoyed it. (laughs) Enjoyed it. So, I hope you've enjoyed tuning in and joining us for this round.
1: Right. And be adventuresome.
0: Exactly.
1: Support your community.
0: Visit our website, queenschamber.org, and you'll find all the information regarding our... Queens Tech Council, Outreach Team, SBRN group, and all the resources that we have available. Don't forget to visit us on Instagram, Queens Best Duh Podcast. And thank you for listening and our global audience. Oh my gosh.
1: Very exciting.
0: Go global audience. So thank you for listening. Thank you. And until next time.